What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Brianna, welcome to the platform. How's it going? Yeah, things are going okay. I mean, it's okay as they can be in these times. Uh, but right. yeah, I'm doing doing good. Thank you for the invitation. Hey, happy to have this conversation. Hey, hey everybody <laughs> was like, "Hey, you gotta you gotta talk about this." So I was like, "Well, we yeah, gotta make it happen." Yeah. So the universe, you know, aligned everything together, and mm-hmm. then we had Denzel on here, plugged us in. Shout out to Denzel. Um, and yeah, this will be interesting because, uh, yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah, I am uninformed in a lot of ways i believe mm, okay and okay. so um i think it's many of us especially men mm-hmm. um about reproductive justice and so mm-hmm. you finna school us all mm-hmm. and uh drop some gems and knowledge <laughs> and, so, and be a myth buster but uh before we get into it just tell just tell us about you know what i'm saying a little bit about who you are what you do your organization that you work for and we can get straight into it all right cool cool yeah so my name is brianna perry I'm originally from Memphis, but I'm in Nashville a little bit. I initially came to Nashville to go to school at Vanderbilt, and that's actually where I, like, learned about reproductive justice. I was a women's and gender studies, sociology, double major, and I just started reading about it, and I think it was really impactful for me because... I don't know, it was just kind of like thinking about my life and my experiences. Like, you know, I come from a single-parent household, my mama, you know, being raised by a black mama and those experiences. And so, like, reading about it really stood out to me. And at the time, I just, you know, was just thinking about it in a sense of like, oh, you know, this is like, maybe this is just theoretical. I didn't really, I was learning about, like, organizers and activists, but I didn't know that was like a role for me, like that was possible for me. Um, And so it wasn't until when I moved back to Memphis in 2013, the next year, I actually got connected with the organization I work with now, Healthy and Free Tennessee. So during this time period in 2014, it was really hard year um so one um like that spring a really harmful uh bill went into effect it uh, went into law and so tennessee became the first state in the country to pass a law that criminalized essentially criminalizes pregnancy outcomes but it criminalized uh pregnant folks uh who use substances during pregnancy and gave birth to babies who exhibited this uh, syndrome. It's called neonatal abstinence syndrome. Wow. And it's, uh, it's very treatable. It's um, essentially treating withdrawal. But, you know, this was something we were like, you know, this is a public health issue and it's being criminalized. And I think that really just like blew my mind. And so I didn't know this. Yeah. But, but there's this narrative that happens that you see and it's portrayed in movies and in places like that that many people believe that women shouldn't do certain things like smoke cigarettes, uh, do any type of like substances mm-hmm. um, that could, you know, um, cause harm to the baby. Mm-hmm. And so I, maybe a lot of people was criminalizing women, you know, mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. and not even knowing it. And now like to find out it's actually like it's laws, policy in place 
mm -hmm. that actually can like is it like a is a is can it be lead to jail time? Can it lead to mm -hmm. the uh, the kids being taken away from the parent? Is that those are some of the consequences? Yeah, yeah. So just to like speak to what you said about like you right. know in movies what we see. Right. So one, those are like just thoughts and stuff out there. Right. And like if you think about the research, so first of all, the effects of like alcohol and smoking is different than like the effects of let's say you know you smoking weed or something like that and i think people just kind of group all those things together so that's one thing okay. and but with that i think that a lot of times we're not asking the right questions okay. it's like one like again like some of these uh substances like you know there have been a, a variety of people who you know for pain pregnancy is a lot right. you know right. i've right. never been pregnant but like right. still like you know for pain management things that come up like marijuana can help with that but there's this stigma around it and again because we group all these things together and you know thinking about the 90s and the crack epidemic crack babies right. which scientists have shown that like this whole crack baby Babies, that was just a myth. That was just wow. racist. Wow. Yeah, like there weren't these like these like long term, you know, effects that people were saying. And so all of, that has been debunked. That has been, you know, seen as like, you know, these weren't rooted. These are rooted uh, in racist stereotypes. Wow. And so that's something. And so like just to show how like our views and biases and perspectives, like how they like lead to policies, because that's what it is really. Propaganda stereotypes yeah. lead to policies. Exactly. And so with wow. this particular bill uh, that passed in 2014, it kind of, you know, got me, you know, really started in the work. It did lead to jail time. Uh, for uh, some women. So the arrests were mainly concentrated like in East Tennessee and then also uh, in Shelby County, you know, area, Memphis, where I'm from. And so it wasn't like, you know, they, you know, they didn't uh, experience prison time. It wasn't like they were like going to jail right. or were sentenced to like three to five years. Right. But again, going back to like, why are we responding in this particular way? Right. Like, why are we ensuring that people have access to treatment. Right. You know, when you think of, and this is something that came out in 2014, when you think about the amount of treatment centers, more have uh, come about, you know, mm -hmm. since 2014. But at that time, it was slim. And then on top of that, if you have children and thinking about like treatment for you and then being able to bring your children, that were, you know, not, really any treatment facilities that allowed that. Wow. And so, again, all of this, in, in like poverty, all of these systemic issues on top of that. But to answer your question around, like, do people, like, you know, lose their children because of substance use? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that, like, my organization, and also, like, me personally, I'm really passionate about, like, with, like, these issues, like, criminalization. And we always talk about criminal justice and reproductive justice are deeply connected. Mm -hmm. Like there's like so many connections and like alignments, like what, you know, the criminal justice and what's wrong with that system is so connected to reproductive oppression and what we're fighting against. Do you believe, okay, oh, this, is, this, is, this is good, so between the, and I say criminal legal system and not criminal Yeah, justice yeah, you're system, right. I, you know, I say criminal legal system, <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah, just, yeah, you know, no, I know no, some people, yeah, yeah. Justice yeah. is different for yeah, everybody, but yeah. I'm going to call it legal. Yeah. Uh, criminal legal system, but we're talking about the same thing. 
criminal justice, criminal mm-hmm. legal. Some people say criminal yeah. punishment system. Yeah, it is the criminal punishment <laughs> yeah, yeah, system. So you're right. Have, it's no justice. You're right. Have, have, yeah. However you mm-hmm. want to chalk it up and cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Let the viewers and the listeners decide. Um, do you do you believe um, reproductive justice gets the attention that it deserves? No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you believe because of that, is there a gender bias kind of reasoning on why? Because, mm-hmm. like, we're talking about predominantly women being affected, mm-hmm. right? Reproductive, right? It's women, <laughs> right? Um, and so... Do you think that has a lot with okay why why maybe I didn't hear much about it or don't mm-hmm. hear much about it unless like a an egregious law is really passed and then that's kind of when you start hearing like oh man mm-hmm. like they they not allowing like abortions you know in in certain states after six weeks or whatever mm-hmm. you know um and then like it kind of fades away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes I definitely think there are a lot of like systemic and structural reasons why it doesn't get the attention that it deserves. And that is so frustrating in a lot of ways because first of all, when we think about like reproduction and that impacting like so many genders do want to say like, you know, is, you know, cis women, other mm-hmm. like genders, trans folks want to make sure we're including them in this right. conversation um, and their experiences with this uh, issue. But as we think about like just from the beginning of history, like who's thought to be responsible for like one having a child and then raising a the child, taking care of the child. And that has been put on women, mm-hmm. people who are feminine or been feminized. And so because of that and because we live in this sexist, patriarchal society, right. like those issues that like impact those folks have always been, you know, ignored and erased. Right. Right. And so like now, you know, there are different conversations and it's like all in the media because like what's happening with Roe v. Wade and I think, you know, like a little bit in our generation, like thinking specific, uh, specifically about Roe v. Wade, you know, because like that's something, you know, that was in 1973. We weren't even alive. Like some folks haven't thought about it. Right. But I think it it still comes back to like because of the society in which we live mm-hmm. and how like women in general, gender oppressed people, how they're treated, how like we don't like people don't get the resources they need, you know, to take care of children, all of that right. is why like it doesn't get the attention. And th- that is why as a man, as a black man especially, <laughs> I tend to not talk about it because I really believe it's it's a conversation and a in in a role um that that women should be leading. Um, because mm-hmm. you all are the one doing the reproducting <laughs> uh, in in this in this country. But with that being said, um, is there a role that men can play in reproductive justice? Oh, absolutely! Outside absolutely. of outside of creating <laughs> racist ass, <laughs> biased ass policies, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the State legislator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the the powerful thing I uh, would say about the reproductive justice framework. So, one, I will say, because I think we, you know, hear reproductive stuff today. We, like, you know, one, go to, like, oh, okay, like, you know, co-hangers. I mean, some of that's coming back up. Or, like, people, handmaid's tale, stuff like that. Right. And those, uh, those uh, pictures and images. Uh, but reproductive justice is its own framework. So, like, I think people, like, kind of, like, use the 
the words like interchangeably and like, oh, reproductive rights, reproductive justice, the same thing. It's not. Okay. So reproductive justice is a movement that was started by black women, a group of black women in 1994, because they wanted to push for a more expansive way of thinking about reproductive and sexual health. So they were like, okay, one, everybody keeps talking about choice. Like, you know, you get to decide your choice. And they were like, well, what does that mean when we live in, in communities that, you know, all of this policing, we don't have jobs, we don't have adequate housing, we don't have education, we don't have the resources we need in order to thrive for ourselves, let alone have children. We got to be talking about those things mm. because all of those things impact our reproductive lives. Mm. And so with that framework, it includes so many people. So it is thinking about, yes, yes, the capacity to reproduce, but also, too, like, what if you don't want to have children? That's these conversations around contraception and abortion. But the last tenet, and all of this is framed around human rights, is saying that we have the human right to these things. Right. And I know we don't talk about that in a lot in the United States, but it's like, no, this is our human right. This is about self-determination. Right. And what that means for black communities, especially how we haven't been able to live in self-determined communities for so long. Right. And so the last one, the last uh, kind of piece to reproductive justice is the human right to parent children in safe, sustainable, and healthy communities. And so with that, again, there's this community approach. So like with men, and I know we're talking about cisgender men, there's so much work for men to be a part of that. Like going back to like how people even get pregnant, healthy relationships, all of that. Like, cisgender men need to know about their bodies, too. Right. You know, we right. they need to know about, like, how, you know, sexual health, how pregnancy works. And then, like, if they're with someone who has the capacity to give birth, like, supporting them through the process. Uh, we know, like, what's going on with maternal mortality and how that's impacting black women. Black women are three to four times more likely to die from uh, pregnancy-related um like deaths right. uh, just then, not being yeah to. yeah exactly and so i saw this article and some people you know had some thoughts around it but it was like this black man talking about how he wanted to get a, a group of black men together to like i mean it was a little bit like being a duo but he was saying like you know i really want to be supportive of my partner and understanding that there this is this like familial community approach that it's a part of our heritage and lineage to begin with. So when, like, I think we make this separation, and we got to be clear, the state has made this separation. Right. That's not who, that's not the the legacy we come from, right. like with, with raising children, families, all of that, it's always been everybody. Right. So just to say that like, yes, cisgender men have a role, and I know sometimes it's tricky, like, oh, I don't wanna be in front, but if we think about it from that context, and also like we're talking about self-determination and bodily autonomy, that includes all of us. Mm, that's deep. That's, oh, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> this is, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're here. This is this is why you're here. I'm gonna take we're gonna take a quick pause. Okay. This is fire right here. <laughs> quick. 
Okay. Hey. Right. <laughs> nah, this is this is this is fire. So look, so look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be real ignorant right now. All right. right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> because I'm here to learn. Uh huh. As a man, and also um, I'm here to I'm I'm here to uh, ask all the brave questions mm-hmm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that people don't want to ask because you know mm-hmm. we're in this council culture and. You can get counsel for trying to be informed, right? Mm-hmm, but this mm-hmm. is a brave space. Mm-hmm. So, you brought up one thing that I think when people think about um, reproductive justice, at least myself, mm-hmm. is abortion. Mm-hmm. Right? I think a lot of times um, the the mass kind of awareness is is always around abortion mm-hmm, when it mm-hmm. comes to reproductive justice from 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 my lens mm-hmm. um, a lot of the stuff that you brought up um me personally i've never connected it to reproductive justice until you just said hey mm-hmm. it's, it's more than just like a choice like whether you pro-choice or not it's all these other things and i'm glad you broke that down but this is this is a conversation mm-hmm. uh, this is a kitchen table conversation i've yeah. had and mm-hmm. i want to bring it here with you when it comes about abortion now we talk about pro-choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do man, or should man, when it comes to abortion, have some type of say with their partner on whether or not a child should or shouldn't be aborted? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, one, I will say some of the language <laughs> first because, like, so, we, yeah, we, yeah, correct the language, yeah. Like, but that's, that's, me, that's yeah. me plainly talking as a kitchen table conversation, mm-hmm. and that's the best way I know how to articulate it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so help us, yeah, help, help me, <laughs> help me now. We out with help me. Yeah, so one, I was gonna say, like, we don't use the language of the right, so, like, okay. you know, so thinking about like. A fetus, that's what we're talking about. And okay. then, again, depending on the stage of pregnancy, it, you know, right. like uh, uh, some sales. Okay. And so because I want to say that because I think, like, you know, with the right, like them throwing out pictures and stuff like mm-hmm. that, well, all this misinformation. So we want to, like, get down to that because, okay. again, like I know people still learn about, you know, the stages of pregnancy and gestation periods and all that stuff. So I want to say that. Okay. And so, you know, this comes up a lot, actually. Um and I know there are, like, you know, different conversations online that folks, like, kind of go back and forth. I saw this one um, thread. It was about somebody where, like, they had a conversation. It was, like, this uh, both cis uh, heterosexual couple. And the woman, like, she didn't want to maintain the pregnancy. But the, the guy did. And so she was like, okay, I don't want to maintain the pregnancy, but I will. But I don't want, you know, anything, you know, I, I give away my rights or whatever. And there was this deep old conversation wow. about it because, like, he was, like, complaining. He was like, well, this is not fair, all that stuff. And, you know, like, people were saying a lot of interesting things. Mm. And so I was a part of training one time, and it was when I was working at Vanderbilt, and there was this guy who brought this up, too, and he was just like, I well, there, there's some complexities here because I think like people like eh, you know because like we are talking about like what happens to a person's body right and you not being that person who goes through all these things if you have to like if you're maintaining a pregnancy like all the stuff and again on top of that again think about black people and maternal mortality like mm-hmm. death can be a result of that. I think there are a lot more nuances there as well. Like, I think that, you know, 
and again, it goes back into like how like we've talked about going back to this choice piece because I think folks are like you make it yourself and nobody else is consulted. You don't talk to nobody else, and it's like we don't. That's not true. Like right. people are talking uh, to like their partners. They're talking to family members. They're talking mm-hmm. to uh, other loved ones, friends, religious leaders, like all these other folks uh, because um, there's a lot that goes into making that decision. And so I would say that, again, it's very complicated. And I also, like, would say that in in their needing to, like, those nuances and complexities, like, people do take it to the other, like, extreme. Like, they're, like, this legislation in different states that's coming out. And it's like, oh, like, oh, the father, like, you know, he can suit, you know, and all of these things. And, again, going back to, like, if we all go back to this issue of, like, self-determination mm-hmm. and bodily autonomy and how we all need that, we need that individually and we need that collectively. Right. And, again, what's going on there? Is right. there a matter? Is there, like, you trying to control something? You trying right. to control, like, somebody else's self-determination? Right. Or is it really about, like, hey, how can we have a conversation around, like, we, I want children, Right. Isn't it? It's right now not the time. Right. Or what resources? What do we need? How can we? How, how can we work through this? Right. Which is it? And right. I think a lot of times, like right now, where we are at right now, is that control piece. Okay. And so, like, how do we get to this conversation where it's like, hey, like I'm trying to hold all the things. I'm trying to think about again your self determination, your autonomy, and I think that like it's cis men like with. You know, just in history, like right. like y'all like y'all just been socialized to control right. women, gender oppressed people, right. and so I think that that's where some of it comes from. But I do get like this whole like, you know, I think sometimes folks feel like oh, like going back to your question around like what's my role, and people don't feel like they're a part of this movement, which they really are. I think they feel like they can't ask questions or say things. They don't say anything, so they may not say, hey, actually, I want to have this conversation about maintaining this pregnancy, what it looks like, or how can we talk about children as a part of our relationship. Right. So that's how I think about it. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And you have you got me here reflecting um, about it. I just had a, it seemed like longer than it was, but I just had a son. He's going to be two in May. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatnot, and um, you know, when it when that's when I started like just thinking about man, what if what if mm-hmm. I didn't want the child and and uh, my fiance Catherine she did mm-hmm. want the child, uh, you know, or vice versa, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what what is what are the what are all those steps? What are mm-hmm. what what is the help the assistance without it being something contentious? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, like you said, I think the state, you know, separates people, right? Create mm-hmm. these barriers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more so for men, we we look at it because, you know, <laughs> we only know one way to look at it, I think. And it's from like a like a really like a really toxic place, I think, for mm-hmm. most of us unless we do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we need some healing around yeah, that. Yeah, we need some yeah. healing around mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then too, um, and this is just, and this is just me speaking as a man too. I think now now that we're seeing a lot of this conversation around like um uh this equitability uh around this equality around just 
gender right mm-hmm. and we and we and I, I think as men um and i'm gonna be honest just myself as men it's like okay how far does that go when it comes to gender mm-hmm. does that cross over into something like abortion mm-hmm. where okay if we're going to be you know have a like a, a equal share and equitable share on this decision mm-hmm. is that is that still is that still is that still in the lines of where we're trying to take society in a lot of different ways when it comes to gender which women are probably more affected by mm-hmm. in a negative way than men because mm-hmm. it's the foundation of how this country was built mm-hmm. um right and maintained and just leaving women out of a lot of things and so that's that's the lens that i hear a lot of my peers my male peers and that's a lens that i think i've i've thought about it in, in past mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff to this day and so that's why i wanted to really bring it up it's like well as from a man perspective, if my, if my, if my woman say, no, nah, you know, I don't, I don't want to have this baby. And it comes to the point, well, we done it together. We, we didn't, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we made this baby together because that's also used if the, the narrative is when the man doesn't want to be a part, it doesn't mm. want the baby. It's like, well, now nah, you can't back out now. We, you, I didn't do this by myself. Right. Mm. Well, can that, is that still applied to the woman? If that, if that decision is that she don't want it, I do. So those type of things from a male perspective is mm. where my mind goes a lot of times. But I've never had the opportunity to sit down and talk to somebody mm-hmm. like you, like yourself that's in the sector that understands policies and procedures, but also understand navigation to where mm-hmm. if you're having those thoughts or if it's maybe contentious around mm-hmm. that, there's like healthy spaces, brave mm-hmm. spaces, and healthy alternatives to where y'all ain't have to be button button heads and really sit down and really debrief everything. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that down. They broke that down for us because I really think it's scary mm-hmm. for men to talk about it because, of, like again, we really a lot of us have that. Oh, this is not this is not this is not my place. This is not my thing. But which it is though. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is separation that's been created. I think, and, um, and I hope more more men um, and women um, allow men to be a part of that conversation in a healthy way going forward after listening to some of the things you've talked about. Yeah, yeah. I definitely would say, like, I always think about, like, embracing the gray. Like, you know, I think we want, like, either A, B, C, D, black, right. white. And instead of, like, hey, like, again, like, how have our families been structured by the state and again i'm thinking about black families black communities here and that's why i was saying uh like about this healing and us like you know just uh really leaning into that and thinking about like how to like like you said like have these conversations and think about like oh like you know like what you were saying about like oh like you know this dead be dead uh narrative like that's out there like oh you know you left like something wrong with you screw you all this stuff and i think that we really gotta check that's what we're working against is what i'm saying as we like you know reclaim like so much and really get into a space like how do I honor you as a person and your autonomy how do I honor mine how we again get to this place of like really thinking about self-determination and that like that's not control right like that's you know as a part of that that's love that's thinking about like you know 
again, there are complexities, there are nuances, and like also like having like these deep, sometimes like frustrating, complicated conversations. Yes, very uh, uncomfortable. It's been uncomfortable right. for so long, but right. I don't think the answer is like I ain't gonna touch it. I think it's like let me learn, let me think about this Let's again. Lean into it. Yeah, yeah, and let me again get to like get to like really the root of this because right. again, because sometimes you gotta really check yourself. Like ah, oh, you know, like. This is bumping up against, like, I just want to do what I want to do, and <laughs> right. I'm a man, and right. I'm, you've been socialized to do that, and right. how can we how can we get to a different place together? I know um, in this conversation we've had, and, I, you know, again, me being a man, <laughs> we've, we, we, we've kind of spoke on kind of the control that man could, could have that could be toxic. Now, is there also toxic controlness in that that women could have um, in uh, in this space? Mm-hmm. And if so, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. I would say that we've all been put into specific roles. So that's like the the big thing about gender. Right. Is that like you a woman? And again, it's very binary. Like we don't think about the expansiveness of gender. Right. Uh, it's like either man, woman. That's it. And it's like you as a woman. These are your expectations. Mm-hmm. This is your role. This is what you have to do. And like with that comes all these other things. And when I was back at Vanderbilt, like even though this was thinking about, and I will say that uh, you know when we think about black and other like women of color like this experience of motherhood is is very different than like that of uh white women you know since chattel slavery right. oh, we're gonna, uh, we gonna yeah, get into that yeah we're yeah gonna get into that. yeah so, it's, 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 it's coming up <laughs> yeah and so when i was at vanderbilt i was reading about like you know it was getting from white women's perspective but um how like motherhood was just seen as like the the thing you should reach and even though that was for, like, white women, I think about, like, also the women in my family, other women, folks who are older than me, women who are older than me, who was, like, very much so, like, oh, I'm supposed to be a mother. All this is on me. I get to shape everything around it, which, again, that was, like, being told to them and put on them. And then with the man, it's just like, you know, oh, okay. Like I said, going back to the dead be dead or whatever, like, I'm present, maybe I'm not. You know, and, like, when it comes to, like, raising children, like, oh, like, you know, even in the same household, I'm going to go to work or whatever, come home, chill, not even thinking about all the stuff, like, goes into taking care of children and stuff like that. So I say all that to say, like, I think about it from that perspective. Like, I think in that, in, like, being, like, having those roles put on us like that, that it, it... did lead to some toxic stuff, some toxic elements. And us, like, again, like, we've all been socialized how we've been socialized. And it could come out in, like, you know, some very ugly ways. Like, we were just talking about how these conversations can become very tense. And so, but I think, like, I, like, in everything I like to do, I ask the why. Why is this happening? Why is, like, why are we at the point where we're at? Like, getting to, like, really the root. And I think it goes back to those roles. And so if you're thinking about, like, a cis woman and, like, oh, like, having children and all of that, I think it can, like, sometimes, like, seem like, oh, like, you know, like, 
this may be like a toxic thing or like frustrations or whatever. Right. But again, like not thinking about like, okay, patriarchy, sexism mm -hmm. has like put like, and again, it's like put all of us in these specific roles right. that become fixed in a lot of ways and you can't get out of it. And so when something is fixed like that, it's like, and you can't move. There's no right. flexibility. There's no fluidity. You know, you stuck there and it's like, again, like all of that stuff comes out and like, some nasty ways sometimes. How do we? Because it's it from from learning as we going through mm. this, it seems like we all in a way have kind of been conditioned, right? Mm -hmm. We've been mm -hmm. conditioned exactly, mm -hmm. and um, and we just going along, right? <laughs> With the well, hey, like. My mama did this, so my mama did that. My mm -hmm. daddy did this, mm -hmm. his daddy did that. Or if he didn't know his daddy, his mama, this is what he figured out. And then this was, I guess, this worked kind of, I'm, I'm kind of an okay person, right? Mm -hmm. um, are, is there support? Because me just having a son, right? Mm -hmm. Go to the hospital. They teach, they, they, they show you everything. Uh, far as how to swaddle, right, yeah, bathe, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, um, if the woman is going to be breastfeeding, show her different breastfeeding techniques and mm -hmm. latching and all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so most of the time, the man, you just dance, you just watch it. Mm -hmm. Because even in that element, they're catering everything to the woman, like mm -hmm. as if the man just, hey, this is your yeah. role. Because the, the role, the role, the role, the role. Your role, your role is there, right? <laughs> Do you think some of these conversations that we're having mm -hmm. and breaking down some of these roles and eliminate them, should that be happening? Uh, or where should that happen at? Should mm -hmm. that happen, you know, pre-birth, post-birth, in both? Mm -hmm. um, you know, people go to marriage counseling before they get married, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. To All figure right. out and, like, making sure mm -hmm. everybody's on the, the mores and values on the same goal. Should there be something like that? Or is there something like that that um, future parents can um, or prospective parents can tap into? Mm -hmm. Those conversations should be happening, like, before you ever get in a relationship. Really, ideally, like, your childhood right. and how you raising your children. Right. Because... And I think about going back to like what they, what I was saying, you know, like you know, man, come home, chill, whatever. And had like a lot, of, like for like so long that was the case, and like not understanding, knowing, like especially if it's a black mama, she don't went to work, she came home, now she got to cook, now she got to wash dishes, now she has to, you know, wash the clothes and stuff, get everybody to bed. For the next exactly, day. exactly, exactly. And so. Like, in that, it's like, well, one, like, the messages that kids receive in that. So that's why I say it has to start, like, way before that. And why aren't we teaching, like, everybody, like, how can you be, like, a, like how can you sustain yourself as an adult? All of these things you need to know. Like, everybody, like, of all, across genders need to know how to take care of themselves. And that makes its way into the conversation around parenthood. Because, yes, like... If, you know, like, you had the baby and, like, breastfeeding, like, yes, there, there's, like, a different um, role within that. But it's not that, like, there isn't support. Like, folks can definitely, like, yeah, the person is pumping, but there's support in it. Right. Again, I just think 
going back to those expectations and roles and how like like you said we've been conditioned how we learn yeah like, how do how we, we un- learn, learn it? it yeah and it it just takes a lot of work like it takes like well one like it's really like a communal thing that has to happen. And I, you know, see people like, you know, different conversations, like how they like, oh, you know, this how I'm thinking about my childhood and what I learned. Or like, let's say it was like, you know, the brother, he's like all these things my sister was expected to do or whatever, and how that impacted me. Cause that's something too we need to talk about. Like patriarchy has a harmful impact on men, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, um, I've seen people, you know, talk about, like, oh, this is my healing journey and therapy and all of this. And so, like, I'm in a, like, I know that in a relationship is a partnership. So this ain't all on one person with taking care of a child that I know that it's, like, me too. And I need to, like, you know, again, think about, like, yeah, maybe at times, like, a ro- the role will be a little different. This is my child too. And I'm right. going to take care of my child as well. Right. And, like, wash clothes and, you know, help with the homework and right. stuff like that. Right. And so, like... Ideally, it would be like how we raise our children differently. But like now, I know we all here. But that right. conversation, you know, <laughs> like those things should happen before a relationship. But while in a relationship, you do need to think about that. Right. Like, do we want to have children? How are we gonna think about parents and how we're gonna co-parent? Like, how are we gonna do these things? These things together. How are we gonna split this up right. before the baby gets here? Because like I know all that becomes so complicated. After the baby's here and right. can lead to people breaking up, all that stuff. So it right. has to happen before. <laughs> you got me thinking. <laughs> I, I'm, you got me thinking of something I'm proud of myself. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to give myself my, my, my <laughs> flowers. I'm going to give myself my flowers because this is what I did, though. This is what I did. Um, this is what I did. As my fiance, uh, Catherine, shout out to Catherine, you know, black, <laughs> black queen. But um, I think. She, I know for sure, I think she was, like, subconsciously, like, trying to take on those roles, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to, like, say, hey, you know, hey, I'm here. I can, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, I can do mm-hmm. these things, too. Like, outside of breastfeeding, like, I can I can do some of this stuff, too. You don't have mm-hmm. to put it all on you. And uh, as you're thinking, I, like, I, but I, 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 caught, I caught it. Like, in the mm-hmm, moment, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? This ain't the 50s. This ain't, mm-hmm. you know, 30s or 40s and <laughs> way, way back. Like, I'm, you, know, yeah. I, you know, I ain't got to just come on chill and you got the baby, you do everything I eat at the table and this ain't those times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, that's a great role that men could play, just reflecting on that as you were saying it. Like, hey, like, if you see your spouse, you know, or your partner, you know, doing a lot of the, like, just, just subconsciously doing a lot of the work, mm-hmm. you could step in and say, mm-hmm. hey, now, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm capable as just as you to do some of these things. Let me, you know, let's mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I had to give myself my flowers. And <laughs> because I, I did that. I did that. Cause, because cause I try to be intentional mm-hmm. around around this and not, like, in, in, in respect mm-hmm. um, their relationship and, and making sure, like, hey, like, we don't have to have gender roles, right? I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, do yeah, this and do that. Traditional yeah, do ones, traditional yeah. ones, mm-hmm. right? And if you want to mm-hmm. create those yourself within your partnership, that's fine. Um, I think, and that's healthy. But I think a lot of times we just subconsciously just mm-hmm. get into just get into that mode, mm-hmm. unknowing, like just unknowingly, mm-hmm. right? And so <laughs> I gotta, I gotta bring them up. I, I really don't want to, but I gotta bring them up. <sighs> Kevin Samuels. <laughs> I don't even really listen to him, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't either. But he's, you know, people senior stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't either. And 
um, and what he's made me think about that I want to ask you is, um, is there, is there a healthy, is there still healthy spaces where it's not, um, toxic, where it's not harmful, where, uh, these traditional gender roles, um, that ex- you know that still existed that still that it still exists but you know or there's just real traditional that hey men did this women did that and that's that um is there still a place for that uh in today's time um to where if if if, if you're a woman um and y'all you want to do is like hey i want to come in and just clean cook do all these traditional things and as a man i just want to pay the bills go to work and you know have to and, and do nothing else is that is that is that is that is could that still exist today? Is that is that healthy? Because he talks about a lot, all of that. Uh, what does he call it? Uh, high value man stuff, and you know this is what they want, and you know the women come over there and say, "Hey, I want a high value man, but I don't want to play the role that a high value man may want me to play." And X, Y, and Z, but. I just mm-hmm. had to ask you about that because we here. had to I, I had, cause because I like again like I'm I'm gonna be the one I, I, I'm I'm gonna be that person right now to get it on out there because we have you here and I want to take advantage of that and take mm-hmm. advantage of your perspective and what we can learn and you know change not only my perspective but also people that's hopefully watching and listening mm-hmm. about how they think about these things in mm-hmm. these conversations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that, well, one, like, the first question that comes to mind is, like, who who really benefited in, in those, like, that traditional role, like, the setup, let's call it that. Unless, right. and, and, you know, this has been, you know, we see this on social media, too. Like, look, we can take it all the way back to our great-grandma, you know? Right, and let's right. say, you know, yeah, she cooked, she cleaned, and, you know, she had, you know, Children, five, six, maybe more children, and you know people like, oh, you know they don't, they don't make them like they used to. They, you know, my great, my great grandparents were married forty, fifty years. Well, first of all, like let's even think about that. Like, I think sometimes we read into like what's what's possible now into like fifty, sixty years ago. So our great grandparents, like, you know, we t- thinking about a day when like women could have a bank account. Right. Well, I mean, right. Work, yeah, couldn't yeah, couldn't do, couldn't do those yeah, things, yeah, right. and so like we're really like, uh, like everything was structured where it was this big dependence so on men. So like, like I think we have to think about those things. Like, what was going on? Where like this was the the case or whatever. Right. And then also too, sometimes we like misremember. Maybe we don't know because like even in those situations, like black women have always worked outside the household. They we didn't have the the luxury of being like this housewife. And I think sometimes we like, oh no, this was definitely the thing. When it's like no, like black women were domestic workers and you know cleaning people's houses, white people's houses, and have to come home and still do that stuff. Right. And like you saying, come you know, the daddy like oh you know I'm just chill, whatever. Both of them were working. Right. Both of them were working though. Right. And so, let's think about the impact of that. Because, okay. like, great-grandma also had all these conditions, health-wise, you know, and probably was depressed. And we just, they didn't have a language then, or it was just really, really stigmatized. Because, right. you know, it wasn't like people had 
th- therapy in the forties, fifties, like we, we just now trying right, to be exactly, like, exactly. Internalized yeah, exactly. So when I think about like these traditional roles, where it's kind of like this. I think we were like, oh, like, it's equal. But it's like, no, there's an imbalance coming into it. You know, the fact that, like, again, let's again, let's get on the same page. Like, even when we take it back to the 40s and 50s, black women were working outside of the household. They were domestic workers having to do all this stuff for somebody else's family, come home, having to do all those other things. That's not... You know, it's right. not like, again, it's not this whole what She was just cooking and cleaning and stuff like that. Right. But let's even say, like, dad still, like, let's say there was, this, like, a, a a scenario situation was like, well, no, actually my great-grandma my grandma, she did. Like, she just, she was a housewife. Why, with that, too, like, how, like, it, you know, in our field we call, you know, reproductive labor. But, you know, a movement is reproductive labor. How, like, you know, even with this whole thing, well, like, what if, like, you know, the man just want to go work and pay the bills and the woman, you know, she could stay home and clean and stuff like that. First of all, why don't we see that as work, too? It is. So, like, again, going back to a situation where, like, you had to go and work outside the house and then come home and do all those things that still is work. And somebody, like... Because as we think about, like, stuff with, like, domestic violence and stuff and how, like, financial stuff is a part of that, like, again, somebody's still having, like, this sense of control or whatever. Like, I don't think, like, I think that some people, you know, I talk about it with folks, they're like, oh, you know, feminism, you will feminist and stuff like that. And, you know, like, ugh, like, you know, women don't want to be women and all this stuff. And I was like. Those are, yeah. those are, the, those are the narratives. That's and why I'm we like, break it down. I'm like, yeah, people don't want to be doormats. People don't right. want to, like, again, I got to, like, cook clean, no type of, you know, thank you, no type of gratitude. And then like be on my way to my early death you know because of like the impact of that and again how it's still patriarchy that's structuring that so what i hear in those like what can we go back to these traditional gender roles it's like can we go back to a time where like there is this like i can you know you do you and i'm like there's disrespect that's a part of that there's not this like you know seeing you in your full humanity and so I think that's how I hear it. But I think if people are saying, like, hey, can we have these conversations about, like, how we want to divide up, like, household labor, yes. But, again, making sure that we're checking for, like, is there this imbalance? And, like, going back to, like, who initially did all these things benefit? And, again, historically, it it was men. And so I just can't get that out of my head. No, no. I mean, no. That's why I hope the men are listening and tuning in, and that's why – like this is a discussion uh-huh. for 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 women, for for, for women to for a woman to be involved in mm-hmm. and to lead. Um, damn, I'm learning so much. You got me thinking right now about like the benefits of that and who it benefited, and why it makes sense why um, many men you still hear wants that want that back, right? Mm-hmm. Or want that type of woman that play that type of role. Yeah. Um, Instead of asking again, going back to like, how right. can I like, how can we all learn how to take care of ourselves? Right. Well, like everybody knows how to cook and stuff. Instead of like, right. can you do this and take care of me? Type right. of sometimes and, mentality. And um, and you hear this a lot. Well, I say we. I hear this a lot. You probably hear this a lot too, because in mm-hmm. the black community, because we're black. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and 
it's 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 one of them things that you have me thinking that I never really thought about. Like, you know, you you I hear it all the time too. Just man, they don't make them like they used to. Black women used to do this. Black women used to do that. I need to get another type of woman because black women are not doing X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, and a lot of it is so. A lot of it, I think, a lot of it is one: black women and women in general have more opportunities. Right, can have the same type of jobs, <clears throat> better jobs, and make more money. Be the most educated people in the country, mm. right? And it seems like, with all that being true, like men and black men probably subconsciously don't like it. It's threatening, mm. and that's what you got me thinking about. Because mm. that, because um, <clears throat> I was I, and I don't know if this is still true. This a couple of years ago, but I've seen that black women are not having <clears throat> as many kids as they used to mm-hmm. right um i think they maybe be averaging like one child uh, mm-hmm. maybe 1.5 something like that uh, but like the reproductive uh community of the black women is is going down and, and a lot of this is because they staying in school focusing on careers and all mm-hmm. these other great things um instead of just having kids like mm-hmm. like like oh you supposed to and that just really got me reflecting on, damn, like what does that say about us as men, especially black men? We say we want to see our black women win and champion them, but at the same time, it's like, but y'all need to be, you know, still doing, do all that great stuff. Go to mm. the doctor's office, lawyer's office, organize, do all these, being executive director, but still, I need you to still be coming home. Mm-hmm. I would still like you to cook clean mm. and all these things mm-hmm. we add so much of y'all yeah yeah and i think that's what what it has me thinking because i wanted to say like you know going back to that like can y'all like can people have conversations about like yeah what works for our, our relationship but it's not being like you supposed to and i think that's what i'm getting it because right. like there might be a woman like she loves to cook she really good at it and that's what's been discussed versus like oh no i'm expecting you like you know if you don't know how to do it something wrong or whatever right. versus and i'm like you don't know how to cook either. We, we ain't, we, I guess we're not eating. Or, you know, like, there's a negotiation there. And I think, again, going back to this traditional gender roles, I think there, again, was like, you need to do this. It's expectation versus, like, let's have a conversation about what works for us. It is not, like, tied to this, like, you have to or, you know, because right. you this, because you this or whatever. I did want to um, speak to something you said because I think this is something that, we all should think more about, and you, you know, brought up like, oh, black women aren't having this many children, and also like that's a, you know, um, like the U.S. like the birth rate has right. significantly declined. Like I think it's been the lowest in so many years, like over the past five or so years, and so. One thing, and I think this is a really big piece of reproductive justice, what I was saying earlier, like, what are all the resources you need to, like, one, thrive as, as, you know, a person, but also, like, for your community to thrive and for you to have children, and how, like, with the state, like, a lot of, even where we are now, even with the pandemic, like, people losing jobs, people, like, you know, women are leaving the workforce and not having, um, you know, just access to the resources they need, like childcare, all of these things. 
um, that again go back to like somebody's like like am I going to maintain a pregnancy? Do like in, in again in this larger context like these decisions are being made uh, in this larger context. But I um, I don't know. I just I'm really just thinking about like resources because I think that sometimes we miss that because I think when we in the in that's of the sometimes the danger of individualizing some stuff and it's like right. you know. Like, why don't we have, like, these resources? Like, why, like, you know, because I'm always, like, if a person, like, if you do not want to be pregnant, if you don't, like, want to maintain a pregnancy, going back to self-determination, you need all the resources available to you to, like, be able to terminate that pregnancy. Right. They're, like, especially, and I think there's this conversation, too, like, uh, within black communities and some folks, you know, just say all kind of stuff, stuff they, they've seen, but like being able to exercise that type of self-determination is something we never had, right. you know, the ability to do, or like often it's been taken from us, and to like have control over your body, like is is, is key. Right. And also too, like uh, just want to make sure, like I speak to the uh, other piece around like, how, like the government is not providing resources to folks, you know, like with reproductive justice framework, again, it's like the right to have a child, that's, you know, a part right. of it as well as right not to have a child and parent the children uh, that we have in safety, healthy and sustainable communities. And so just to say that like people need resources across the board. And right. I just think about that, like how like climate change, all these things that are right. happening, well, like folks are just like, wow, like, you know, like, and you know, like all the like taking of like resources, austerity, all of that. Um, so that's just something that I was like, yeah, you know, I think about that, like people like with resources, that's so important. And I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to throw this at you and see how this ties into resources. And, and this is, I'm, hey y'all, I'm taking all the hits for everybody today. Because <laughs> I've, I've said this myself. Mm -hmm. I'm being vulnerable. I said this myself, and I want to see is this, is this toxic? What I'm thinking, what I'm saying, that you know, because of many people's circumstances. Uh, when I say people, women, circumstances. When, they, well, I ain't gonna say just women. I take that back. Couples, partners, when they are pregnant, uh, about to have a baby, um, I've looked at people's circumstances and said, hey, you know, I don't think they should be having a child because of their current social, economic, living conditions or what have you. Um, and, and me thinking that I'm thinking about, hey, I, is that the best environment to be bringing in a new human being, a child, into the world, mm -hmm. um, and I'm, you know, and I'm pretty sure we've all heard that. Hey, we, it's a phrase like everybody ain't meant to have kids, you know, that type of thing. Um, is that is, is is that toxic thinking on my part? Is that wrong? What what is that like when I see with my eyes like ah? Maybe you shouldn't have that baby because of these other social things that are 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 that may uh potentially affect the the livelihood the health of that of that child mm -hmm. i would say you're looking at it from a position that you've been taught to look at it from and that's like <laughs> give it to you, me straight Is you that, you <laughs> you've been taught to to like like right. who we get we're trying to push on people like like, 
our one of our narratives are like who should be a parent. Right. But that comes from the state. Just again, like okay. remembering that like the state has done that in so many ways to like black communities, indigenous, other communities of color, like determining who gets to be a parent. Right. And it's not like this conversation around like, okay, if you wanna be a parent, what is everything you need and how we can ensure Again, it's a community right. that you have everything you need in order to be a parent. Like it's like that's not like what we're talking about. Right. So all this judgment and stigma instead of like, hey, like you know, like what, again, like how can we come in and make sure there's support and that um, and all the different uh, things that come up. Like I'm not sure if you. Um, Follow Moms for Housing. It's an Oakland group. I, I, I do. I've no, I know. I know of them. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Of them. So, oh, people had a lot to say about that. They were like, oh, you know, you got children. You don't got no housing. Like, you a bad parent. Like, your children should be taken away from you. I'm like, hey, housing is a human right. These are, like, we don't see these things as human rights violations. And right. I definitely think we should and so instead of being like oh no I don't think you should be a parent or whatever it's just like okay let me take a step back and like think about like one like all the things that are going on in your life and I think that like there is this piece and I think sometimes for folks what they're really trying to get at is like it's right now the right time again like thinking about like do we get to make that decision we don't and but really what it is it's like what really it comes down to is like this is what a, a good parent is like you know mm. putting this thing on a pedestal like a good parent is x y z or whatever right. and that actually in a lot of ways can be tied back to white supremacy i don't think we think about that mm. and and that's just so key to this conversation right. and um in a lot of ways for me like how do these things tie back to like how like white supremacy has structured parenting, has structured so much about our lives. And so that's why I say, like, you know, you've been taught, like, white supremacy has taught us to be like, oh, let's do this thing because, like, this person, like, is... It's, it's poverty, this, that's that issue, right. or they, or this thing, or this thing, or let's say it's substance use right. that they're struggling with. Like, nobody's thinking about treatment. Nobody's thinking about, okay, what led to this? It's just like, oh, like, you this bad person. Right. We're going to do this. You can't. You don't get to be a parent. Right. And, like, again, the state has always done that. They have always decided for folks who gets to be a parent. And, and. Again, everybody, I'm taking a hit for everybody. So I hope y'all picking these up so y'all don't have to, you know, look crazy when y'all, when y'all ask this stuff. And, but you got me thinking that, so naturally, this is me, I've said, man, maybe, you know what I'm saying, maybe you should get an abortion, you know, and this might be telling, you know, me another guy, or maybe even a, a female friend of mine, like, hey, maybe you should think about abortion. Maybe that's not the, the right advice, or maybe that ain't the, the only solution, right? And I think a lot of times, um, that like we think the only solution when we don't have those kind of um, projected social resources that we believe we should have is like ah oh, well well let me let me let me abort the child until I'm ready or projecting abortion on people when the question probably should be like well okay what are resources that we could tap into or what are some things that we can or conversations that we can have with people that know how to navigate this situation. And maybe the lack of that type of awareness is why we only think that the solution to fix the issue that we believe is an issue is 
getting abortion. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's holding both of those. Because like I was saying earlier, like, my vision for a liberated world and, you know, um, other, like, reproductive justice uh, organizers and activists talk about this as, like, you know, abortion being accessible, people, like, you know, it's covered, you know, there's, like, no barriers to it. Because, again, going back to self-determination, we got to see it from that level. Mm -hmm. Going back to bodily autonomy, that should always be an option, like, for folks. You know, we should, like, you know, we should... I'll like make it more accessible and remove barriers because that's like where we at now. It's right. so many barriers, right. and with that, also again, if we live into the reproductive justice framework, it holds all of that. It's like making that accessible, like contraception, all the things people need. There, the totality of their reproductive lives, because you know what, like. Right now might not be the time, but I'm, I may want to be a parent later. Right. So making sure I have access to doulas, uh, you know, somebody to be there, another a support person to like help hold that process. If I want a midwife, like you know, like like going back to the conditions under which one gives birth. Right. Okay, maybe I want a home birth. Right. You know, like that was. That was the thing, you know, back, like, thinking about the 1800s with, like, midwives, like, you know, providing all of the, the, the health care, like, in right. communities, especially uh, thinking about black communities, like, you right. know, delivering babies. But also they did abortions, too. Right. And so, uh, but, you know, now people are like, oh, you know, just go to a hospital. That's the only option. Right. Oh, and I, the only option is to get a C-section. And a lot of that is coerced, and people don't right. even think about it. Right. So it's like that should be a part of the conversation as well. Like right. we have to hold all of those things and not saying like, oh, like if this is this, then we don't need that. It's like, no, we need all of these things right. uh, to to be, again, I keep going back to self-determined people and like living in self-determined communities but yes but for liberation like all of this is important and again going back to but again like if somebody wants to be a parent and they're thinking about parenthood we should give them all the resources that they need in order to do that and so we have to hold all of it and not take one piece one piece out like it's about all of it the framework is about all of it Damn, I'm learning so much. <laughs> like, are you schooling me right now? I'm sweating. <laughs> like, ah, damn, what did I just say? Ah, but no, but you, like, this, I, I really hope people are really re- self reflecting on their thoughts they've had about this. And that's what, I, that's what I'm, like, trying to be intentionally, trying to intentionally do in this conversation, be honest with myself and say, what have I, have I thought about this process um, from a man's perspective, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. How have I thought about it? And what, what and what can I learn at this very moment? Um, and just be bravely, just bravely ask, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how does reproductive justice look um, for black women compared to white women? Mm-hmm. And where does biases, racism, discrimination, structural racism, mm-hmm. white supremacy play into that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, this goes back uh, so far, um, like the reproductive experiences, like, again, just taking black women versus white women and have people, always been. And people and women of color overall. Right. I actually teach this uh, reproductive justice or co-teach, uh, co-lead this reproductive justice uh, class at Vanderbilt now. Um, 
and we were having these same conversations. Like they just uh, read a chapter of a book, uh, Reproductive Justice and Introduction, uh, by one of the founders of the Reproductive Justice uh, Framework and Movement, Loretta Ross. But, you know, she was going through, like, again, doing child slavery, how, like, you know, black women, enslaved black women were bred to have children, how they had to work up until the point of labor. They had, you know, there was no uh, prenatal care or anything like that, no type of, like, support around their pregnancy and delivery. But even still in that, there was resiliency. So I want to say that, like, even, like, in face with those, like, tough conditions, like, black women still have, like, resisted, and, you know, that's how we got the reproductive justice framework. Um, so pairing that with white women and, like, their pregnancies and thinking about how black women, you know, like, had, like, with the breastfeeding, like, and breastfeeding white babies and stuff and not right. being able to breastfeed their own children. So just to say, like, it starts, like, far back. You know, if we think about indigenous communities, like, the removal of land, we call all of this reproductive oppression. Right. And so, you know, like, indigenous women, like, also, like, having their reproduction controlled and, you know, the taking of indigenous children and putting them in boarding schools and all of that. Right. Um, so, like, fast forward to today, so a, a few issues come to mind. I've already talked about maternal mortality and how the issue impacts uh, black women and, you know, like, black women are dying right, you know like right. that's like it's the bottom line it's dangerous to yeah get work. Like, and so and you know it's racism like right. they like people ask like wow why is this happening and for so long it didn't get the attention that it deserved and now there are groups like black uh um Black Mamas uh, Alliance, other groups, like there's a Black Maternal Health Week that happens in April to uplift those narratives and, you know, uh, you know the availability of doulas. Like my organization is like, is like working on legislation to ensure like that, you know, more right. like more people have access to doulas and doulas are, you know, compensated for their work. Um, so we think about it on that front, but also thinking about what's going on with abortion, because there is a lot that's going on with abortion. Uh, so Saturday was the 49th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, and a lot of folks are saying, like, you know, is this going to be the last one? And so with these abortion, like, restrictions and bans, like, we, you know, Texas, we, you know, saw that, and with Mississippi, and, like, those two, you know, cases, they'll be heard by the Supreme Court. You know, they'll, you know, give a decision um, within the next few months. And something that we've always talked about is, one, again, going back to, like, how this is linked back to criminalization. Right. And who's more likely to be criminalized? black and other communities of, of color. Right. And so these abortion bans and restrictions harm black women, black uh, folks more, right. you know, than like white women. Because right. thinking about like going back to what I was saying, like, you know, like the barriers, there's so many barriers, so many restrictions in Tennessee, you know, mm -hmm. like waiting period, all of this stuff, like bills that come out, you know, every you know session right. and those restrictions and bans disproportionately impact 
black women, black folks, communities of color. And so, uh, you know, just, again, not having access across the the board and, you know, with white women who, like, you know, like white middle-class women, like, they'll always be able to access that and can, like, you know, get their insurance, like private insurance to cover it and stuff right. like that. But thinking about, like, uh, black women, like, that's not the case. Right. I think some other issues that are coming to mind, like, and you know, like in the still the vein of reproductive issues, like I was, I read this article a few years ago about like fibroids and then also cervical cancer. So fibroids, like black women are disproportionately impacted by fibroids. Fibroids has like a can have a huge impact on fertility. Mm. And so, you know, going back to, like, if someone wants to have children and they're not able to, and again, like, these kind of, like, questions, like, well, why, like, black women disproportionately impacted and they're not, like, receiving the treatment that they need, going back to racism, uh, like, overall and then in the healthcare system. And then I read uh, this article about, um, I believe it was this... um, this community, this town, I want to say in Alabama, if not Alabama, it was Mississippi, but it was this town where, like, all these black women were dying of cervical cancer. And cervical cancer is uh, is highly preventable. Like, if you get pap smears right. every, you know, year, like, they can, like, catch it early is what I'm saying, and it right. can, you know, they can get it under control. And they found it, like, well, like, you know, these black women are living in a state like they like are poor. They don't have private insurance. They're relying on Medicaid. But guess what? They, you know, the legislators did not expand Medicaid. And in Tennessee, we didn't expand Medicaid either. And again, how like black women are more likely to be on Medicaid and like not have those like preventative, like reproductive sexual health services covered. Um, so anyway, those are just, you know, some things like that come to mind, but it's so historic right. and like black women, like, I, like less we want to add, like when it comes to the child welfare system, we call it the family regulation system after Dorothy Roberts, like so many black children get taken from their families mm-hmm. and like, and you could just like read through like all the little things like, oh, like. Uh, a child, like, you know, let's say, like, maybe um, bump his head against the, the wall or something. And the, 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 the mama, like, immediately, the parents immediately took the baby to the hospital. And then now it's like, you know, because you're black, you're a black mama. Because, right. like, you know, again, going back to who gets to be a parent, oh, right. you know, the state has decided black women, black folks shouldn't be parents. Right. So it's like now, like, oh, you tried to harm your child. Now we're going to do a DS, DCS investigation, and we're going to take your child away from you. And so that's another reason. So, again, like, just tying it all together. And, again, like, ultimately, going back to the last piece with reproductive justice, like, so many children are being taken away, and, and that's impacting black women more than uh, white women. Now look, if y'all ain't if y'all ain't blown away, y'all I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to, I really don't know what to tell you. Look, um, we can sit here and talk about this another. I know another it's hour. like I said, it's a lot no, I can a, say. It's, it's, no, it's a lot, and I want I want us I want to keep bringing you back because I know mm-hmm. it's stuff always happening, mm-hmm. 
and there's people like me <laughs> that ain't it ain't tapped in. But mm-hmm. now that I know you have a relationship with you, building one, mm-hmm. and know more about what's going on, because one, I need to I need to do some self work, mm-hmm. and like I, I you can you can be my accountability partner because <laughs> I but no it's just I need because you have me thinking now, and I hope everybody else is especially men and black men are thinking like oh shit like. I didn't. I didn't got a lot of stuff wrong. At least be be open enough to admit it, mm-hmm. right? And if you just want to lie to yourself, well, hey, you know, maybe you get it down the road. But um, I want to leave you with the last words. Like, what what else can you tell us um, of how to be allies in mm-hmm. this? Um, how to direct people for support? How to get support ourselves if we need it? Mm-hmm. Um, and reproductive justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am gonna plug my own organization's work. So one. Um, like I said, like, we are really, like, just deeply uh, committed to the reproductive justice framework and uplifting all of these issues. Again, thinking about, like, how can we protect abortion, increase in bo- abortion access, how we can ensure that, like, folks have access to doulas and other, like, resources for maternal care and, you know, all of these other issues. How can we ensure that, like, you know, the family regulation system is, that's a part of the defund work. We need to defund it, too. Like, these families need to be kept together. Um, so in all of that, we have, like, every year we have a day on the hill. And so a day on the hill is uh, specifically lifting up mamas uh, and okay. mamas and caregivers of all genders. And so that's February 23rd, and you can go, uh, you know, on our socials, uh, Healthy and Free Tennessee. And so we're asking folks to come out, like, learn about the issues. Like, one thing I didn't talk um, a lot about is, and something that we've been working on is uh, this anti-shackling legislation. So, you know, pregnant people in Tennessee are shackled doing right. labor and delivery. And, wow. like, that's a very dehumanizing thing and so like you know other states have passed uh anti-shackling legislation we want Tennessee to be one of them and so at this day on the hill we're going to talk about these issues that are coming up and just like you know the state of like reproductive justice in Tennessee when it comes like policy wise so definitely encourage people to like check out that day on the hill definitely look us up healthy and free Tennessee um to find out more about our work and um I think uh, just further with that, like going back to just how we start this conversation with reproductive justice, like it is like it encompasses so much. I think that like we like just a lot of folks, people I talk to, they're right. like, oh, I didn't know about this. I thought it was just this one piece when it's like all of these pieces. Right. And it's about like our human rights. It's about our self-determination. Right. It includes <laughs> cisgender men. Right. It's about like it incorporates all of that, and so like it's a framework that like we like lift up and think you know it's like gonna get us to liberation, help us build power, um, and that like we need to be paying more attention and not just see these issues as separate, but like reproductive justice allows us to see like all of this stuff is connected. So like I'm thinking about all of this like before I can even think about, like, all these other things with, like, having children and what have you. So just want to uplift that, like, yeah, reproductive justice is a a very dope (laughs) framework. No, it is dope. It is dope. No, it is dope. And I, and I, and it's even, it's it's more dope now that you, you didn't brought it to deep dish, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I appreciate you. Yeah. 
Um, I can't wait to have you back to talk about this more and whatever is currently going on. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your time and yeah. being available to do this. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, you're welcome.